<laughs> well, good morning, people on, on Zoom. Give me a wave if you're sitting at home. Nice to see you guys there. Great to see your faces. Great to see so many people in the room as well. Go on, give me a wave as well. Go on. Yeah, why not? We know it's, it's coming back. We're, we're coming back. Yeah, I'm getting a wave from little Rosie. Hello. I love it. Um, we are on the cusp of being back in this place, back to normal, but not normal. Let's, let's face it, we, we know God has spoken to us so very clearly about the new thing, about the, the divine reset that he's bringing to our community and to our individual lives. And, and I just want to encourage us all as we, as we head into this next season, let's, let's make sure that our hearts are in a position where we are embracing that new thing. Change is not easy for anybody, um, but actually change is our job description as Christians. The scripture tells us that we are continuously changed from glory to glory until eventually we become absolutely like Jesus Christ. So uh, bad news if you're a Christian today, change is your job description. It's going to happen as he conforms you more and more to the likeness of his son. Um, so better get used to it. Um, but he's got some new things for us in this, in this coming season. There was just such a sense of God's presence with us this morning as we worship. It just, uh, I felt completely undone by that. Thank you, Bethany, wherever you've gone for leading us so beautifully in that. And he, he is hungry to respond to our invitation. We, we sang, you know, come Lord Jesus, King of glory, come and fill this place. And he doesn't need to be asked twice. He, he just, just, he just longs to come. When, when we call to him, he longs to come. It's that Luke 15 um, prodigal son moment where the, the son is far off in the distance and the father is looking for him. And as soon as he comes into view, the father catches a glimpse of what's in the heart of the son that has been estranged, that has been at a distance. And he doesn't wait for the son to run. He runs. The, the father runs. And I just, I just want us, every one of us in the room this morning, perhaps you feel that you are at a far off place. Perhaps those of you on Zoom or on YouTube, or wherever you're watching from, perhaps you feel like, well, my life is not yet sorted out enough to come to God. God says, if it's in your heart to look towards me, then my heart is to run to you, to run to you. I accept you as you are. I will not leave you as you are because I've got greater plans for you, but I am coming. This is, this is the heart of our Father. He is the father of encounter. He is the God who wants to meet with us deeply and personally. And this distancing thing is not in his heart. It's not in his heart. He doesn't want to keep us at a distance, keep us safe, keep us far away. He wants to draw us close and he wants to, he wants to hold us. He wants, to, he wants us to be impacted by his love, by his truth, and to be absolutely set free again and again. If you are set free yesterday, well, you're going to be set free again today. Every day, he does a new thing. 
every day. You know, as Kwesi mentioned at the start, this is a, a day in the year where the church recognizes Pentecost Sunday. It's like that one annual reminder that the Holy Spirit has been poured out. But every day is Pentecost Sunday. Every moment is a Pentecost moment. And our, our Father in heaven is so hungry to pour his presence into our hearts wherever you are at. It's the same theme that's come through our, our prophetic words this morning, what Kweisi's just led us, led us in. If there is any yearning in your heart for a touch from the King of glory, then his answer to you is yes, because we live in this new era where the Spirit of God is poured out on male and female, young and old, slave or free. It is poured out for every one of us, wherever you are at this morning. Just receive it. Let's do that for 20 seconds. Let's give ourselves 20 seconds of indulgence. Put your hand in your heart at home, in the room, and just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Fill me again. Touch me again. Renew my heart again. Set me free again. Let chains fall off me again. Do the new thing. Do the new thing that we need for today. He wants us to come back to this place over and over. Every morning you wake up, just say, Spirit, fill me again. Father, set me free again. Jesus, breathe your truth into me again. And his answer is always, always, always yes. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Oh. This is what it's about. This is why we gather. You know, the church for, for many people look on the church globally and see a body of people gathered to a message to a preach or to some singing. Well, that's not what it's about. We gather to his presence. We gather to his presence because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. And scripture says at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, part of that will be hearing truth. I trust we'll hear some in a moment. But a big part of what we do is we simply come to be in his presence because that's where he changes our hearts. And it's our hearts he's primarily interested in. So, oh, we could go home now. Should we go home now? No, let's not do that. Not just yet. Some more stuff to do. Tonight um, at 8 o'clock, we have our encounter prayer meeting. And uh, we trust and pray that this will be the last one on Zoom. We're looking forward. Hopefully, the, uh, the last Sunday in June, we expect, will be altogether different. But we'll see. You know, government are keeping us guessing. Um, but uh, do come and join us tonight, 8 o'clock on Zoom. The information is on our um, Facebook page and also on E! News. If you want to get the Zoom details, come and join us at 8 o'clock tonight. And uh, as I say, we hope that's the last one. We, we stand in a, in a moment of change. I think we can all kind of sense that. We were, Nicola and I were in town yesterday a little bit. And you can just kind of see people, are, people are, are almost already there. There's that sense, you know, we're going to be speaking out of Joshua this morning, and at that point in Israel's history, they were standing on one side of a river, and they could see the promised land just across there. 
And I think as a nation, we kind of feel like we're in that same place. We, we, can, we can sense the, the 21st of June approaching, and we trust and pray that that will be the day when, when freedom comes back to us again. I'm going to have to blow my nose. Can somebody do something with my microphone? Thank you very much. Thank you. Brilliant. So, yeah, like we as a nation, we've had 14 months of disruption, 14 months of limitation, uh, 14 months of unfulfilled hopes and aspirations. But the nation of Israel, they've just had 40 years of wandering in the desert. Can you imagine the kind of swirl that's going on in their hearts uh, as they anticipate stepping across that Jordan River and into freedom and into the promised land? And, and here we are, you know, a little bit less than a month away, having had 14 months. There's already quite a bit of swirl, uh, quite a bit of stuff going on in people's hearts, in our society, all around us. Um, and I just love it how Scripture so clearly in moments like this has got stuff to teach us from a book in the Bible that was written thousands of years ago. And yet there's, there's truth for us to lay hold of. Um, because we want to make sure that we step into this next season in honoring what God has said to us so that we, so that we step in with, with his character, that we, that we move forward the way he would want us to move forward. Uh, that's, that's so much on, on my heart, on our hearts as a leadership team here. We want us as a whole community, because we're a diverse community. As I look around the room, there's all kinds of people in here. And, uh, you know, we are a broad community from little tiny ones to not so tiny ones and lots of different backgrounds, lots of different heart environments. Because I know we're all in different places with this thing. And, and it's so vital that we step forward with a heart attitude that is going to bless people. I want us to look for a moment at um, four options that... Uh, there we go, up on the screen there. These, these, are, these are four different categories that you may find yourself in as you approach this next season, um, as, we, as we head back out of lockdown into freedom again. And tomorrow, if you've given us your email address at all at any stage in church history, um, then you will receive an email with a little survey. And we just want to find out where the church is at. We want to understand your hearts. We want to know what's going on so that we can position ourselves best to serve you. And as you look at those four categories, which one, which one would you say you're in? Just see if you can put yourself somewhere. Number one, I've got no hesitation. I'm ready to re-engage fully with church family again as soon as possible. Some of you may be there. Some of you may be a little step down there. And number two, I'm, uh, I'm positive but hesitant. I expect to feel a bit uncomfortable, but I'll be there. And, and so it goes down there, number four. Um, and in no way am I communicating these as better or worse, all right? This is just where you might be at. Number four, uh, I do not expect to be at church uh, in person for a long time. Might see you in 2022. And if that's where you are, that's where you are. If, if you're in, in the, the category one there, you've got no hesitations and you're rip-roaring and ready to go and you'll be back with us, full throttle, singing and dancing, waving your flags, jumping off the chairs, all the normal stuff that we do when we gather on a Sunday morning. If that's where you are, great. The challenge for us is how are we going to conduct ourselves for the sake of people who are not in the same category as we are? And I just want us as a whole community to be 
very, very mindful that our heart attitude is to be governed uh, by love in this next season. It would be so easy for us to drop into criticism. It would be so easy for someone in the category one who's ready and hungry to look at somebody who's in the, I can't do that yet, and say, well, you're wrong. Why? What's the matter with you? It would be equally easy for somebody in category three to look at somebody in category two or category one and go, you can't be serious. How can you be there? Why? And it would be so easy for us as a whole church family to kind of drop into that place of criticism and angst. And I just wanted to lay this before us this morning and say, as you fill out this little survey that's going to land in your entrails tomorrow over the next couple of days, let's make sure that we're looking at our hearts and, and ensuring that our hearts are positioned with an attitude of love towards people who will be different to ourselves. That's what it is to be family. It's what it is to, to be this whole community together. I came across an interesting little quote uh, in a book by Mark Sayers called The Reappearing Church. This was written in 2019. And uh, he says the following, as we study how God brings renewal throughout history, we begin to see the pattern that crisis plays in renewal. A community may experience a natural disaster or a war or a pandemic and may be pushed back into God. I trust that over this last year or so, you have been pushed back into God, not away from him. An individual may experience a period of wilderness and isolation, crying out to God, who then comes to them in their pain. This person gains spiritual depth, being renewed, becoming an influencer for God. And this is the little bit that I think is so vital for us to, to get hold of. Crises and the transitions that they bring are one of the critical ways that God uses to move us. Just read that bit again. Crises and the transitions that they bring are one of the critical ways that God uses to move us. There is no doubt in my mind, I trust in your minds as well, there's no doubt that God is in the midst of all of this. Did he cause the pandemic? No. He's good he does not give sickness to his children, but he weaves his gold into every circumstance to bring blessing to us. He sees the attacks of the enemy and he says, oh, you think that's going to be the, the final picture? No, no, no. I'm going to pour myself into that circumstance and I'm going to be so present with my people that my purposes will still be outworked and it will still result in good and blessing and increase for my people. God has been in the midst of this most bizarre year and he promises to use this crisis to bring about a transition that will be for his glory for his glory. These two messages, Peter did one last Sunday on tran navigating transition part one. I'm doing this one this week. A few weeks ago, as we sat down as a team to think about what do we, what do we say? Where do we preach from? We began to be stirred by these verses in Joshua chapters one, two, and three. And we all went home to think about it. <laughs> and as Peter opened up Joshua chapter one, as he began to think about what was he going to say last week, at that very moment, Adrian Horner, who is a, a prophetic voice 
that has been journeying with us as a church for many years, used to be a member here, Adrian sent him a voicemail saying, I just feel that for community church in this season, Joshua chapters 1, 2, and 3 are absolutely vital. There's a message for you there as a church. And again, this is just another one of those little snippets where I think, wow, God, you didn't have to do that, but you're just so incredibly good that you, you poured yourself into our midst just to reassure us, yes, I'm with you. Yes, I'm on the move. I've got you. I know what you need. I know what you need to hear. And so I have confidence that what we're going to read out of Scripture this morning and the message that God has for us is going to richly bless us and prepare us for this next season. So let's read a few verses from the start of Joshua chapter 3. These are verses 1, 2, and 3, and then chapter, or verse 5, okay? So chapter 3, verse 1. Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went throughout the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Then Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders amongst you. So I just want to very quickly pull out three principles for us for this next season out of those few verses at the, at the start of Joshua chapter 3. The first one is this, obey God's word and be led by his presence. And we've already touched on the vital place of his presence, uh, which is so beautiful. God does that so often amongst us here. Obey God's word and be led by his presence. In Joshua chapter one, the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, now take these people and lead them across the Jordan River into the land that I am going to give you. Be strong and courageous. Everywhere you put the sole of your foot, I have already given it to you. There is a strong command and Joshua responds with obedience and he calls the people to obedience. And it's simple for us as well. We follow God's word. The scripture, the Bible is our foundation of truth and the call to, to obedience is intrinsic. We are first and foremost followers of his word. We are, that's what disciple is, is a, a follower. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. Someone who listens to the voice of the master and whose life is transformed by that voice. The voice comes to us through scripture and we say, yes, Lord. To say no, Lord, uh, just doesn't really fit. So we are, we are called to be a people who are devoted to obedience to his word and led by his presence. You may have noticed there in the reading that we just read together, um, Joshua says, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant being moved by the Levitical priests, follow it. So the idea was we honor his command, we listen to his word, and we watch for his presence. We watch to see what his spirit is doing. And we follow that. We let that be our lead so we've got, these, we've got these two things. We've got the word and we've got the spirit. We've got the commands of God. We've got the presence of God. And to be honest with you folks, that's one of the things that I was blown away with 20 odd years ago when I first experienced this church family was this devotion to the word of God and to the dynamic spirit of God. It's, it's a rare thing, actually, 
in, in churches across the world. It, it can often be we go to one or we go to the other. But actually, there is such incredible, glorious fruit for us to be absolutely devoted to both. And I mean both. Because actually, for some of you folks here this morning watching online, you will gravitate naturally to one or the other. And you, will, you, you might be tempted to say to yourself, well, there's other people in my church family who, they're the spirit people. I'll be a word person. Or I'm really a spirit person. I'll let the other folks in our church family be the word people. No. We're, neither are we called to a kind of 50-50 you know, I've, I've been in organizations in the past where it's like, well, well, we'll kind of play it safe. I know that there's some people who like to go in that direction and there's others who like to go in that direction. So I'll kind of just go 50-50. I'll keep it safe and it'll be a nice soft mush. No, we're not interested in a nice soft mush. We're interested in grabbing hold of the presence of God with one hand and the word of God with the other hand and going 100% for both. So much so that it might feel really difficult at times. But that is what God calls us to, to be devoted to his voice, his word, and to his dynamic, powerful, sometimes messy, often awkward presence. He calls us to both. And I just want to encourage us as we step into this next season, let's be a people who say yes to your word, yes to your spirit. I'm going after everything that you give me, Jesus. Secondly, Repent from compromise and pursue consecration. Repent is one of those words that we don't often like to use. I'd like to bring it back into fashion because it basically just means change the way you think. Change the way you think. And we need to be doing this all the time. I wake, I wake up in the morning, you know, I'm not the best person to be around. I need to change the way I think. I need to get my, my heart and my mind realigned to the purposes and the truth of Jesus Christ. I need to remind myself what he says about me, what he says about my day, what he says about my relationships and the people in my life. I need to realign my mind to him. That's what repent means. Change the way you think. Repent from compromise. I reckon our lives, well, let me speak for myself. My life is full of lots of little compromises. Lots of micro-compromises, which in and of themselves, most people won't even see. Because they're mostly in here. They're sometimes coming out of here. But it's, it's, it's little things. But my day can be full of lots of micro-compromises. I'm not going out and stealing from the local supermarket. I'm not going out and stabbing somebody at the bus stop. I'm not, you know, I'm not, that's not me. And that's not you. But our lives can be so easily compromised on multiple, multiple levels. But God says to us, because we are his people and because he has said, I want to live within you and give you my presence. He says to us, be holy because I'm holy. And he calls us to this high level of holiness, which Let's face it, we're not going to get right, but he calls us to walk so closely with him that he is the one who influences us more than anything else. And so let's be a people who are mindful about what's influencing us and what compromises those things are leading us into. Because the call here in Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 is consecrate yourselves. Now consecrate is another funny word we don't often use. Here's a quick definition. 
to set something apart as holy or for holy purpose. He calls each of us to set ourselves apart for his purposes. Just get this into your head. The the perfect, holy, eternal, almighty God who lives in unapproachable glory says, come and walk with me. Come and work with me. Come and partner with me. And we get to dare to put our hand in his hand and to walk with him. And and that is the decision in our hearts. We're saying, I choose not to go with all these other things. I'm going to repent from that. I'm going to turn away. I'm not going to fill my mind with those thoughts. I'm not going to give myself to all sorts of compromise. I'm going to align myself with him, put my hand in his hand, and give myself to holy purpose. He has called us to be his people in this town, in this region, bringing his kingdom all around us. When you go to work, when you're in your homes, when you're in your streets, when you go to school, his desire is that our lives and our hearts will overflow his holiness and his beauty into the lives of people around us. And so he calls us to consecrate ourselves, to set ourselves apart. And his promise that stands alongside this command is this. His, God's promise beyond our consecration is his transformational habitation. He, he wants to live in us and amongst us so that our impact is magnified in the world so that when we go into our workplaces, that our lives touch the lives of people around us and their lives get transformed. They get set free with the freedom that we ourselves have received. They get comforted with the comfort that we ourselves have received. They get blessed through our generosity because we have received generosity. All of these beautiful dynamics of his kingdom our, his design is that they will flow through us as we set ourselves apart for him. So I just want us to be in this season where we haven't been so engaged for a year or so. How are we choosing to set ourselves apart for him and for his purposes? I must run on to the last point here and finish off. Finally, disrupt inertia to fulfill our destiny and call. Now that's exactly what this whole chapter 3 of Joshua is all about. The people are about to break camp. They have been living in the wilderness for 40 years. They've been moving around a bit, but basically they have got used to being long-term campers. Some of you are short-term campers uh, very recently. But they, these folks have been used to being long-term campers I can actually see somebody sitting in a caravan on the screen. That's fantastic. I love the fact that you're camping right now, Gwen. <laughs> Wonderful. God's, God's not against camping, all right? God's not against camping. But his call to us as a whole people right now is to change our mindset from being stationary and stagnant. And let's face it, 14 months of not being able to engage with one another can lead to a lot of inertia. That's why I say disrupt inertia. And to move our mindset and then ourselves into this new season where we are fulfilling 
our call and our destiny. This last year, 14 months, we have served one another by staying apart from one another. We've served one another by keeping one another at a little bit of a distance and keeping ourselves safe and keeping them safe. And that has been very understandable. But when you stay in the same mode for a period of time, inertia sets in. What that means is it takes a bit to actually get you moving again. You can get very comfortable there. We kind of accommodate to it, don't we? And we, our lives adjust, and actually it's really convenient just to stay in your jammies on a Sunday morning and not have to get out of bed to come and meet with God's people. It's actually much more convenient just to chat to somebody on Zoom rather than the, the genuine additional blessing that comes when you sit with a friend face-to-face and you share your heart and you connect as a human being to a human being and love and affection and comfort flows in two directions and there is that deep connection that we are designed for. So whilst we have served one another as a community for the last year or so by keeping apart, the call today and in this next season is disrupt that inertia. It's time to begin to live differently. It's time to reconnect to the purposes and the destiny that God has called for us to be as his community here. And that's not going to happen just by the staff. We have a staff of about equivalent of about six full-time people here. Six full-time people are not going to be able to be a church. We're not going to be able to make this ship sail. It takes an army of volunteers, an army of volunteers. It takes us all to make a corporate decision, just as it took the entire nation of Israel, a corporate decision to say, right, enough. I'm going to get up. I'm going to pack up the camp and I am going to move. It's going to cost me. I've got to go through a river to get there, but I am going to do it. And so I just put that call before us as a community today. For those of you watching online at a later time, let's be a people who acknowledge that we are, we are shifting, we are changing, we are moving from one season, we're saying goodbye to that season, and we're stepping into another. We're going to do it gently, we're going to do it full of love for one another, but we're going to do it. So I just want to leave us with three final questions to ponder as we go through this next season, as we head towards June. Where do I see God moving, and am I actively following him. If you want to take a screenshot of this, folks watching at home, this would be a, a, good, a good one to screenshot so you can uh, discuss it in your groups in a little while. Second question, what is the holiness course correction that God is calling me to today? What's that little change? What's that little adjustment? What's that little compromise that he's inviting you to step away from? And thirdly, how can I engage and serve in this new season for the sake of my community. Just want to put those before us. And I just want to draw us back to where we started, which is his presence. The, the, the nation of Israel did nothing without looking for his presence, without prioritizing his presence. And he promises us that we will not have to make this journey alone. He promises us that he'll walk with us every step of the way, give us the strength, give us the confidence, give us the comfort, give us everything we need. 
Let me just pray and then I'll hand back to the team. Father, Father, thank you. Thank you that you walk with us. You walk with us particularly closely, I sense, just in this, in this season, in, in seasons that are corporately difficult. Lord, I thank you that you are multifaceted, that you can come alongside those who are excited and you can rejoice with them and you can come alongside those who are hesitant and fearful and you can comfort them and give them strength. Lord, today as your community, we want to, we just want to receive, the picture I have in my mind is, is the our whole community standing together and there's like this great lasso from the Lord has been wrapped around all of us. And together we want to receive the tension on that lasso that you are putting upon us. And we want to choose to begin to step towards you. Lord, will you help us as your people to have courage to to walk towards you and to love one another well in this season? In Jesus' name, amen.